Hey everybody, before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You could also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we are going to be talking about Richard Stanley's Color Out of Space. This is a wild, crazy H.P. Lovecraft-based movie starring Nicolas Cage. And uh, yeah, shit gets crazy. (laughs) And uh, it was a lot of fun to talk about. I was really looking forward to talking about this one because while I was watching it, I mean, the whole puzzle piece thing, influences were just flying by me. There was so much uh, just popping off the screen, and I was definitely excited about talking about it. And I think we have a great conversation for you guys with our co-host for the episode, Adam Wells. You've heard him on the show before. He's back. We have a great talk coming up. So, Color Out of Space coming up in a second. But before we get into that, I want to remind you, as always, to please make sure you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice. You can also rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. Follow us on social media at PiecingPod. Join the Facebook group Popcorn and Puzzle Pieces. And, uh, you know, if you want to you wanna help extra support the show... You can uh, sign up for our Patreon, where this episode has been sitting as a uh, a special pre-release advanced episode for a couple weeks now, but uh, I'm going to be adding a whole bunch of new stuff in the coming weeks as well. So definitely head on over to patreon.com slash piecingpod if you want to uh, throw a couple bucks our way, you know? So, uh, yeah, I think with that being said, though, it's time to jump into the episode. So let's start talking about Color Out of Space. All right, so back on the show with us today, we've got with us Adam Wells. How's it going, Adam? Peach. I could eat a peach for hours. (laughs) Sorry, I'm in a very very Nick Cage mood right now, so... (laughs) Got it. This Got is it exciting. Going. It's yes. exciting. Every every time we get to cover a Nick Cage movie on the podcast, it's it's a good day. Let's put it that way. It is. He's become <laughs> our favorite cult folklore hero. Absolutely. In, in it, especially for for like, you know, movie nerds like us. I mean, he he exists in the space of he really is a great actor when he's in the right kind of project. And then he's also just the worst and most just lovably bad actor when he's in a different kind of project. I know, but no matter how bad the movie is, he is always entertaining. Yes, he is. I'm pretty sure if I really wanted to subject myself to torture, I could watch the remake of the wonderful Kirk Cameron film left behind starring Nicolas Cage. <laughs> 
I'm not a glutton for punishment. So, I, you know, if there's somebody out there on, on the groups uh, who listens to this podcast, if you've seen it, is it worth it for Nick Cage's performance? That's all I need to know. Yeah, and and is Left Behind a puzzle piece for this particular movie? That's also a question we should we should explore a little uh, bit. I did not I did not think of that one. Uh, <laughs> feel free to use it if you've. In fact, I have a lot of questions about your uh, your life choices if you've actually seen it. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I got to say that's 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 one of the ones that I may have skipped uh, along the way. But today we are, of course, talking about Color Out of Space, which is one of the first 2020 movies we are watching. Although technically, as I was going and getting my notes together, uh, it is listed as a 2019 movie, even though it only had like festival appearances until uh, January, which that always annoys the hell out of me. My, my favorite movie of 2019 was technically a 2018 movie. It, that always bugs me. I hate when that happens, but that's a tangent altogether. All you know, <laughs> but think about this way. You started off 2020, at least for me, started off 2020 on a, on a strong note with this yeah. movie. Especially, um, especially considering it's a horror. Um, it, 20, January horror movies are some of the absolute worst. <laughs> the, the dump month. Oh my God! Yeah. So, uh, to to start it off with one that's pretty damn good. Plus, also uh, uh, Gretel and Hansel, which I actually really enjoyed as well. Um, we're we're off to a good year so far. I'll I'll actually have to check that out. I was uh, some of the reviews uh, wasn't so sure about, but it looked stylish enough. And yeah. uh, Sophia Lillis, I mean, she's been great in everything she's done lately. So it hopefully can't be too bad. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So let's jump into a little bit of this. Uh, I, I do tend to have you on a lot of horror episodes, uh, but I guess that makes sense. You are a very big horror fan. I, but, I'm a uh, horror nerd. Yeah, you are. Wait, so I want to ask you real quick before we get into uh, puzzle pieces. I, I know we talked a little bit about this on Messenger, uh, but Lovecraft, you're, you're a big fan of uh, this stuff? Uh, I'm not a big fan of his, of the written work that much. I've read a few of, uh, the store, the short stories, you know, which I enjoy a lot. I'm more of a horror movie guy, but I, a lot of the movies that, um, that they've made from his stories have come from the same production company and the same directors. So it, you know, it's easy to kind of just, you know, uh, watch, um, like reanimator or Dagon. Because mm -hmm. uh, they're Stuart Gordon movies and produced by Brian Usna, you know I, I tend to watch a lot of that stuff. Um, sure. So whenever they come out with a new movie, that's how I kind of got into it. And you know, the great Jeffrey Combs, if he's in it, you know, I'll watch it. Mm, Pretty yeah. much how I amazingly found the Frighteners, a right very underrated classic. <laughs> yeah. No, I I I feel like. Uh... Lovecraft more as an influence on a lot of things that I love more so than actually uh, Lovecraft things themselves. I, I I do love the influence on a lot of horror movies. One I was thinking about, which I almost thought of using as a puzzle piece, but I really can't get, I can't think of the connection right now was uh, John Carpenter's in the mouth of madness. Mm, uh, yeah, yeah. Very Lovecraftian in tone and style. Just, surprisingly not written by Lovecraft or having anything to do with his work. Well, there will be more John Carpenter in my uh, puzzle piece list, but why don't we jump into your first puzzle piece? Well, I'll go with, uh, I'm pretty sure this is on your list as well, but I'll start mm -hmm. off with Mandy. Sure. 
the recent Mandy, uh, another neon soaked art house horror film starring the great Nicolas Cage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's an invitation for Nicolas Cage to be crazy in a beautiful looking movie with a crazy awesome score. That is true. I can only hope that the the new announcement of the Nick Cage meta movie where Nick Cage plays a version of himself mm-hmm. that has to somehow get himself out of trouble is is just as shot as well and scored as well, you know, because that's that's my next event film for 2021 oh, <laughs> yes absolutely already on the calendar uh, but yeah i think mandy 100 percent. you you can't even have this conversation without bringing up mandy even you know whether or not it was definitively a a influence or an inspiration on richard stanley um i i think this movie got made because of mandy because of this renewed interest in film nerds like us wanting to see nicholas cage go crazy on on film I think that as well as there's been an emergence of the kind of art house horror film, sure. uh, whether it be Mandy or the recent uh, Suspiria remake, which mm-hmm. will come up uh, later. Uh, you know, people, you know, people, you know, big name directors are starting to put together these arty horror films, you know, with the, and then you had Darren and Aronofsky's mother, sure. uh, which was another one. Uh, so they have, you know, they've been kind of popular lately. Absolutely. And, you know, just the that look of Mandy, that neon soaked acid trip uh, look to it. Very similar to what Richard Stanley done. And it's very different from Richard Stanley's earlier work, which I don't know if, if we're going to get into uh, the Richard Stanley's career, which if you've never heard of him before, Google it. You'll find some great stuff about his uh, Island and Dr. Moreau movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I need to look into some of that because I've heard those stories are just absolutely just hilarious. Just so entertaining. Oh, man. I remember reading it when it came out in Fangoria and just reading the two-part uh, whole interview. And it was just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> Who just dumps money and, and tolerates these people? <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I'll go into my first puzzle piece. Uh, and that I, I just teased it when we were first starting, but that is of course, John Carpenter's the thing. Um, I, another classic in which, uh, some alien thing is, uh, mutating things and, and turning, turning people into creatures and, and animals into creatures. And we get a lot of that here in uh, color out of space. I'm not sure. Um, uh, uh, if the story itself, you know, w- was part of the influence in the first place or not. Uh, but, uh, that definitely cinematically the way that, you know, these creatures are, are just mutating and deforming. Uh, I, I think there, there's a lot of influence there. If the scene with the alpacas is not a direct rip from the thing, <laughs> then yes. I'm not sure what, what else it could have came from because it's, it's shot so similarly. It the, the design of it is very similarly to a sequence early on in the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing that was missing was the uh, the flamethrower and Kurt Russell. Yeah. <laughs> Which uh, and and there wasn't one particularly smart alpaca that tried to get out or anything. Oh like no! That. But <laughs> let me tell you something. If, for those of you who haven't seen this movie, when you hear Nick Cage talk about milking an alpaca. Your heart will melt. I promise you that. 
Yeah, that's some fine work right there. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so that that's my first piece, and I have another piece later on that's gonna tie back to that a little bit. But why don't we jump ahead though to your next piece? You know, my next piece, I had brought it up before. Uh, the Suspiria, the original, and Suspiria, the remake, mm-hmm. uh, for two different reasons. Uh, the the visual look of Suspiria, the the original is very similar to the look of Color Out of Space, that that acid trip neon soak look to it. Sure. And the remake, again, going back to the whole art house horror emergence, mm-hmm. you, know, you know, you have directors that have, you know, great eyes for shots and, and cinematography that are able to just uh, make these, to elevate it to a little bit something more than just a B-movie. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. I I could totally see that. Plus, awesome scores. Uh, you know, throughout those these three movies. Oh yeah, I mean, uh, 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 Tom York's yeah, Tom York's uh, score for the Suspiria remake was phenomenal. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, all right, so I will jump onto my next piece here. Let's go with Stanley Kubrick's The Shining. Uh, Nicholas Cage. It's funny, you know, The Shining is this, you know, Jack Nicholson's this big, over-the-top, huge performance. You know, it's it's freaking Jack Nicholson in The Shining. And, uh, but it's so, you never really kind of think about it, as, about Nicolas Cage kind of being in the same school of just big, over-the-top, crazy. And uh, that is what he does, and he does it really well here, too. I absolutely agree. I could see... Actually, in my mind, I could actually picture Nick Cage as Jack Torrance in a in a weird remake somewhere. They probably that, would have done would a better job t- than uh, than than that weird random guy they got that looked like uh, like <laughs> like Jack Nicholson in, in Doctor Sleep. I think that's Henry Thomas. I don't know who that is. Is that that's, a big I, actor? I, I think he's uh, he was the little kid in E.T. Really. Uh, I, I may be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that's insane. If that's true, <laughs> he grew up to be uh, to be a lookalike Jack Nicholson in Doctor Sleep. That's that's crazy. Uh, I, we we both have to look this up right now. Yeah, right. I have to look that up. If like, if I'm wrong, you know what? I'm wrong. It happens. N- no, I'm looking right now. I. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking I mean, live. It's a, it's a little, this. it's a little harder than figuring out that Kansas City is uh, not in Kansas, or <laughs> the, the foot, or sorry, let me rephrase: the football team is not in the state of Kansas. Yes, that's uh, it's it's an important lesson to learn. Apparently, um, I'm scrolling through the entire IMDb list right now, looking for young Jack Torrance or not uh, Henry Thomas. That's what it was. Yes, Henry Thomas. Ah, he's not, he's not not credited, I don't think, on IMDb. I don't know how I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to have to look up some article or something. All right, I'm not I'm not going to uh, I'm not go- <laughs> I'm not going to derail this any further than that. Though. People would be like, last time he was on, he wouldn't shut up about Jersey Girl. <laughs> now he's talking about a random actor that filled in for Jack Nicholson. 
<laughs> oh my god where where are we gonna go next with this um but yeah so so back to the puzzle piece um yeah the the just the not only the performance but also the fact that the family is stuck in this remote location where they can't get away from their you know ever-growing crazy father um also reminded me of of the uh the, the shining i absolutely agree with that now now for my next piece uh, I actually was inspired by this listening to the Q&A because I didn't think about this at first, but after Nick Cage said this after the movie, uh, it definitely made sense. But ordinary people, mm-hmm. the idea of a dysfunctional family that no matter how hard they try to stick together, everything just keeps falling apart and getting worse and worse. And you see this family just, which has already gone through enough of a hard time, mm-hmm. just get put through the ringer to the point where nick cage's character is just has nowhere to go but just to explode yeah absolutely (laughs) and just be completely and utterly uh irrational it's such a strange comparison but it really does make sense once you start to think about it and uh i i forget if it was cage who said it because i also got to see that q a i forget if it was him or richard stanley or or the 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 kid who also came up at the end of the q a uh, about how, you know, by the end, once everything is really gone to shit and gone crazy, they're finally together as a family. Yes. Which <laughs> is so weird. It's such a, an interesting, uh, an interesting element to the story. I, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's only so much you could say about this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, Cage, I love him. Uh, yeah. So I, I'll go to my next piece. Uh, this one is one I was saying kind of ties back to the thing, uh, and that is Annihilation, um, which uh, is another movie where uh, th- there's this basically unexplainable like thing happening in which uh, the, the environment is getting mutated and everything is just changing and... It also, uh, another way that it really, really parallels this is where, where certain elements are getting like scarier or more horrific. Other elements are actually getting more beautiful on the way. And like the, the effects and annihilation were, you know, so just amazingly beautiful. And then this forest setting uh, is, is slowly gaining all these colors and, and it's, it's otherworldly, but it's also really, really beautiful to look at. And you know, kind of, I, I think, you know, on a functional level for whatever this, this force is, that's, that's, you know, creating this, uh, you know, it's probably, it's probably set up in a way to kind of, you know, throw off your senses and make you not, not realize how awful everything is, is about to become. I actually have not seen it. That's the, the Natalie Portman yes. alien movie. Okay. Uh, I've seen the trailers. It's it's another one of those uh, to do lists, but you know, movies like Jane, Silent Bob, and uh, <laughs> Three from Hell, Child's yeah. Play, and the, uh, multiple viewings ones. of Jersey Girl yeah. get in the way of these things. <laughs> well, I, I do, I do uh, love Alex Garland, and I was like so psyched for that movie. I I didn't love it. Um, it did happen to be our first episode of piecing it together, though. 
Awesome. Um, yeah, so nice to, to nice to tie it all back around to that first episode. Um, but yeah, de- definitely has some really cool ideas in it. And, you know, again, just, you know, tying it back as a puzzle piece. I mean, that whole thing of the environment becoming beautiful as it's becoming just disturbing and fucked up, you know. So. Uh, there's definitely a lot of that. Yes, there sure is. Uh, for my next piece, uh, it's not as intellectual, but... If you've seen the 1988 Chuck Russell's remake of The Blob. Okay. Clearly there's an influence of a meteorite hitting the earth and, and people die. Something is, un, something is unleashed from that meteorite that crashes down to earth and people die. As well as the color of The Blob is also that purplish pinkish similar look. It's amazing the range of movies that can be produced from the simple, uh, uh, you know, one sentence description of a meteorite crashes to earth and people die. <laughs> you could get a lot of different kinds of movies out of that. I'm pretty sure I could pitch it, uh, that plot to Nick Cage and he would sign on immediately. He's got, he'd, he's got child support. He'd sign on two, two separate movies with that same description. I mean, pretty much just imagine what the pitch meaning for face off was. So it's like, all right, Nick, you and John, you cut off each other's faces. You switch them. Bam. Movie. Bam. Movie. You got it. Somewhere, somewhere in between John Peter's uh, new divorce from Pam Anderson. He's kind of like, I'm going to steal that idea and put in a giant spider. It's <laughs> a good idea. By the way, uh, you know, speaking of the the creatures for a second, uh, just just a quick note: um, the cat jump scare when they're driving in the car, yes, may have been the biggest jump scare I think I've ever had. <laughs> I mean, I my body kind of went numb after that for like a solid twenty thirty seconds. <laughs> Did you jump in your girlfriend's lap? <laughs> just hold me. <laughs> Pretty much. She wasn't even in the theater; she was at home, and I jumped all the way home. <laughs> 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 Save me from the scary cats. I don't know. That that thing scared the shit out of me. Um, so I'm gonna go with a uh, a kind of a basic piece right here. It's just something that just kind of reminded me of another shot in another movie. Uh, when when you saw the shots of the house and everything was kind of glowing and you see like the light reflected in the windows and all that stuff, it reminded me of the end of Ten Cloverfield Lane. Um, where where you've got the the big spaceship like kind of shining light creating kind of almost a uh, a backlight effect on the house and it's just like a kind of a simple like comparison shot wise but it's something that it, it reminded me of immediately. I could see that. I could yeah. Definitely, definitely see that. Um, I'm trying to, remember. I saw Ten Cloverfield Lane once, mm. and. I know I'm probably in the minority on this one. It was it was kind of forgettable for me. Oh, I love that movie so much. Everyone so loves good. these Cloverfield movies. And well, let, let's be clear. I love the first two Cloverfield movies, but yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. I'm sorry. I Nobody likes the Cloverfield paradox. Mm-hmm. Damn you, Netflix. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> All right. What do you got next? Um, For also something similar, you know, plot point like the blob is cabin fever Mm. the idea that the polluted water possesses and kills people sure uh and then spreads through the rest of the town and if you stick through the end of cabin fever uh everybody drinks from the same well 
Mm-hmm. Everyone, it's insinuated that uh, they're going to be infected and died. And at the end of um, Color Out of Space, it seems like it had spread to past the farm and to uh, the rest of the uh, the town. Yeah, absolutely. I, I always forget about the end of Cabin Fever. I all I really remember is the what was it, pancakes or whatever? Like, yeah, the ra- the random kids screaming pancakes. Yeah, that's all I remember. Jump- <laughs> you know what's what's weird is I remember seeing that movie and I was like so disappointed. I was like, you know, if they only took this concept seriously, mm. this would be a great movie. And then they remade it and they took the concept seriously and it was even worse. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Unless you're I, hoping for a, a, a renaissance of, of Nicolas Cage going crazy in neon soaked movies that, uh, that you actually get. And it turns out pretty well. Listen, if after this meta movie, if he announces that he's doing the next Richard Stanley, HB Lovecraft uh, movie or, uh, or Mandy too, like mm-hmm. I, my heart will melt. <laughs> we, uh. we just need more. We need more cage in our lives. I mean, for those of you who, who didn't see the movie and stay for the Q and a, if you only saw how he was dressed for this thing. Oh my God. It was beautiful. Well, really the both of them, uh, they're, <laughs> they're both incredibly interesting people. Let's put it that uh, way. I mean, Nick cage was dressed like he was ready for ghost Rider, but with leopard print on it. And Richard Stanley looked like a, a member of Kiss or something. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if Gene Simmons had uh, gained about 50 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> it was oh a sight to see. Yeah, it was a great Q&A, though. Some, uh, some good stuff in there. That was good. Uh, so I'm going to go with another puzzle piece. Kind of uh, pairs well with Cabin Fever, actually. Um, I know people say I bring up Evil Dead too much on this show. So uh, while I do think Evil Dead, absolutely, um, I'll also just go to their uh, Raimi and Campbell's Lovecraft-inspired, uh, you know, Within the Woods, the, the short that they did before Evil Dead. Um, but certainly Evil Dead as well, especially when you have trees attacking people. You really do, do love that movie. <laughs> I really do. Do you not love the re- do you not like the remake? Oh no, I, I love the the remake. I thought it was great. I have only seen it one okay. time, but I thought it was surprisingly fantastic. Uh, it's one of the few remakes that I think is yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, it's had a great time with that. They really knocked it out. But Evil Dead and Within the Woods. Let's let's keep them both on the list, I guess. <laughs> okay, sure. definitely do that. What do you got next? Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Okay. The idea of alien possession and taking over the human form, mm-hmm. almost uh, in, in, repli- in replication of it. Sure. Uh, you know, definitely done with that. Uh, Robert Highland's The Puppet Masters, most of the book, not really the movie so much. Uh, and even uh, John Carpenter's The Thing, the idea of uh, ass- assimilating into the human, you know, aliens assimilating into us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is a uh, strong. Uh, story element to those films absolutely as well as color out of space what did you think of the uh how they handled some of the more uh abstract things of the movie like the color itself and you know some of those effects and things like that Uh, i mean i know the movie was limited in budget but they stretched it out uh extremely well Mm mm-hmm 
Uh, I mean, other than some some CGI, you know what? I happen to like the art house uh, horror film. Yeah, I, I mean, I really enjoy it. I I like the fact that it could just be stunning and intellectual and try to be, elevate itself a little bit more than being just a B movie or just uh, you know Friday night. Uh, let's you know me and the girl go see Friday the Thirteenth, and she jumps into my arms every time Jason pops out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I just I happen to like that. I like the fact that directors and cinematographers are really interested in the material, and it's more than just kind of collecting a paycheck and adding another credit on IMDb. <laughs> yeah, I, I completely agree with that. So I just realized I actually out of puzzle pieces. Uh, the only thing I had left written down was they had mentioned during the Q and A uh, Dario Argento as an actual influence. Um, I don't know if you had any of that on your list. I mean, uh, Suspiria. The original. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Of course. So, yeah, that's perfectly lines up with that. Um, Did you have any other pieces? Uh, No, I do not have any other pieces. I think I I, I went for the swung for the fences. Yeah, absolutely. And when I'm done stuttering, I'll get that. out. You know, it's funny. I uh, and then I'll read the finished puzzle and get into some closing thoughts. But I actually have Event Horizon written down, but I don't remember why I wrote it down when I got out of the (laughs) So, uh, I don't know about that one. Uh, uh, I I actually had one also. I had signs. Okay. I'm not sure why I put signs on there other than it was just another alien invasion. Yeah. But I I think there was a reason, but I don't remember what. Yeah. Well, I'm sure if if you're listening at home and want to explain signs or event horizon as a puzzle piece to us, just write in or tweet at us. Um, Yes. And stop giving us hate over Jersey Girl. It's really yeah. not that bad. <laughs> I, one of these days, I'm going to rewatch Jersey Girl. I haven't seen it since it first came out. I, I got to watch it, it's, see if I can get on you guys' level. It's a cute movie. It's it's not Geely. <laughs> that movie's a disaster. Right. That's a real disaster. And so is <laughs> so is Cats. But <laughs> but that's another story yeah. for another podcast. <laughs> I mean, Jersey Girl is just like father daughter movie. You know, it's cute little relationship. Carlin's in it. Carlin, Carlin's great in the movie. You need, you need every little bit of Carlin in movies that you can get in this world. So I'm going to go ahead and do the finished puzzle, and then we'll get into any of our closing thoughts. Uh, finished puzzle includes Mandy, The Thing, Suspiria, both versions, uh, The Shining, Ordinary People, Annihilation, The Blob, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Cabin Fever, Evil Dead, Within the Woods, and Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So, uh, Adam, do you have any other thoughts about this movie before we wrap it up? Uh, I don't have any other thoughts about this movie other than if you have the opportunity, whenever it comes out on Shudder DVD, definitely give it a shot. It's definitely worth your two hours. Trust me, you could do a lot worse. Uh, as David said earlier, it's you know January, February, so pretty much they're just dumping crap in theaters right now, so... Settle for something yeah. that's uh, a little bit different than your normal uh, bad boys for life. Yeah, which, by the way, was pretty good. But um, I'm you know, sure it is. I actually do want to see it. I, yeah, but you should go see it. But but, but at also the same see time, this. It's like you know what, uh, buddy comedy action movie. They're gonna make a Lethal Weapon five. Also, it's, uh, how many yeah. times do you really need to see it? Yeah, how many cosmic horror family dramas are you going to see? That is a little bit rarer, and you should definitely support movies like this. Um, One one other closing thought that I had, 
Um, there's this thing, and I've talked about this. I might have talked about it on the Mandy episode. I'm not sure, but there's this thing where where people will will talk about a movie and be like, "This is Nicolas Cage at his Nicolas Cageiest, and you're gonna love it if you love Nicolas Cage being Nicolas Cagey," you know. And a lot of the times when that happens, the movie around it just isn't that good. It's just a bad movie with Nicolas Cage yelling a little bit, you know? So when, when it happens and it's a good movie and it's, it's really worth watching. Um, that's uh, to me, that's a treat because I mean, I really do love him when he, when he gets to do something interesting and fun. And so this Mandy, uh, you know, hopefully that one, that meta one that's coming out next year, uh, which I will definitely be looking forward to. Uh, these, these are movies that I, they're really exciting when they, they come around every so often. He does so many movies by, by the sake of numbers, he's got to do one really good one every once in a while. Well, I mean, it's definitely the law of averages, but yeah, he, he does so many movies a year. He dilutes himself. Right. Absolutely. He's like, all right, I'm going to do this one great movie and five movies to pay Lisa Marie Presley. (laughs) I love the idea that he's describing this plan right now in that in that impression <laughs> all that's in my head is that tmz uh video of him trying to stop uh vince neal from fighting somebody stop man stop come on come on <laughs> oh he's the best i love him so much only other thought i was gonna mention is that the 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 one thing in this movie that i thought didn't work that well was tommy chong well, love I Tommy mean, Chong, but it was just, it was so on the nose and silly. It was, I, I don't know. It just thought it was, it was kind of too, too hokey that, that whole, that whole thing. But otherwise I liked all the other performances. It, you know what? I guess it was just trying to add to the B movie idea of it, even though it was trying to, even though it was trying to elevate itself to be more art house, it was still a B movie at its heart. Mm-hmm. And you got to have your requisite stoner. And um, you know, somebody yeah. to pretty much give all the characters the information of what's going on around it because they're not smart enough to figure it out themselves. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I guess we could have uh, pointed to some other classic stoners with all the answers uh, throughout movie history as puzzle pieces. Uh, uh, represent J- Tommy. J- Jane, Silent Bob. Oh yeah. <laughs> Meth Man, Meth Man, and Red Man. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, there is one other thing I do want to say. Mm-hmm. Uh, today is unfortunately a very somber day because the great Kirk Douglas passed away. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I was thinking about uh, what my favorite Kirk Douglas movie was, and it's a very somewhat little seen uh, Stanley Kubrick movie called Paths of Glory. Mm. Uh, and if you've if you've never seen it. Do yourself a favor. If you're going to watch a movie for um, for Kirk Douglas, check this one out. It also inspired uh, an episode of Tales from the Crypt, hmm. um, which was done by Robert Zemeckis called Yellow. So watch Paths of Glory and then watch Yellow if you can find uh, that Tales from the Crypt episode. Great recommendation right there. That's awesome. And yeah, absolutely. It's a sad day for that, but um, such an incredible career, that guy. Just amazing. I mean, I mean, he, they took him too young. Yes. I mean, 103. <laughs> he could have lasted a couple more years. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He, I mean, there, there's new things happening every day, uh, this technology, I tell you. <laughs> yeah. he, prob- he probably, that's how he lived to 103. He smoked so much pot. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that that's going to be the new thing. They're going to decriminalize it, and they're going to feel, they're going to realize that smoking pot actually 
makes you grow older. Yeah. And live longer. That makes sense to me. I like I yes. like that. I like this future. <laughs> <laughs> it, Tommy Chong's future, actually. Yes, Tommy Chong. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna outlive us all. So I mean That is true. <laughs> well, thanks so much for being here again, Adam. We'll uh we'll get you back again sometime soon. Absolutely. See you later, folks. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we are the Mountains and the Sea. It's a podcast about Prince and his vast musical output. We look at each and every Prince album. And ancillary material like fashion, videos, related artists, B-sides, remixes, outtakes. We choose a high, the mountain, a low, the sea, and a time capsule. Yeah, those are her dumb rules, not mine. Josh is a Prince superfan and has been since long before I met him. That's right, and I pulled Christy over to the purple side with my wit and my charm. The music helped. (laughs) Join us every other week anywhere you get your podcasts and happy purple listening, friends. All right. So I hope you enjoyed that conversation about Color Out of Space. It's a wild movie. It's out now on VOD. So make sure you go check it out, especially if you're a fan of all things Nicolas Cage. We love covering Nicolas Cage here on the podcast. So we will cover as many of his movies as we can because he's just so much fun. Uh, so that does it for today. Um, I want to thank you all so much for listening. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, you can rate and review us over on Apple Podcasts or on Podchaser. And uh, please share the show with your friends. Uh, we really appreciate all your support out there. The the, the downloads keep coming, and I, that makes me happy. I really enjoy doing the show for you all, so I'm going to keep doing the show. Although, it is our the beginning of our third year coming up here soon. And, you know, this past week or so, you know, this is an episode that was in the can for a little while. Last week was Jojo Rabbit. That had been in the can for like four or five months. I got to tell you... Uh, this I'm going to be on a little bit of a, a break to to kick off the new year. I, I I have a lot of other stuff that I need to be doing. I'm obviously producing All Rice No Beans. I am producing Awesome Movie Year. Uh, Bird Road has kind of kicked back up into production after a little bit of a hiatus. And uh, I'm also producing another new podcast, which I'm not going to be uh, announcing quite yet, but uh, it is coming in a couple of months from now so there's gonna be more news about that soon so to say i'm busy with podcasts is a total understatement and as i'm recording this little outro right now i'm actually taking a break from scoring a feature-length film so i'm busy in the music world as well so i'm I'm very very overloaded with stuff right now and i 100 percent plan on there being a piecing it together episode every week for the next four weeks maybe even more than one per week like we have done on plenty of weeks over the the past few months but uh that being said, I am going to try to at least just maybe just do the bare minimum for a few weeks, if that is okay with you guys. I'm just going to take just the tiniest of steps back, just so I can focus on all this stuff that I need to get done uh, and the other things that I'm working on and other projects. I'm sure you'll all be all right, and I'm sure you will accept my maybe just having four regular old episodes and no specials, no bonuses, no extras. But then again, knowing me, I'll probably squeeze in some other stuff. So who knows? We'll see what happens. So uh, let's finish this thing off with a piece of music as we always do. 
should play a weird track to go with a movie like this. What's a really good, just freaking weird, weird piece of music that I have done? All right, you know what? I'm not sure if I've ever played this on the show before, uh, so this will be a good one to take us out. This is a track from my first album, Echoes in the Dark. It's called Reveal, and uh, it's 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 a it's a pretty strange one. Starts out one tempo, switches to another. There's a, a very hypnotic loop to it, and uh, I think it's a good fit for this episode. So let's take you guys out with the track called Reveal, and we'll be back with more piecing it together coming up next week. I promise. And all points west.